Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, has quietly changed the Senate's informal dress code to allow senators to wear whatever they want on the floor. He's asking the sergeant at arms not to enforce the what I guess is the informal dress code. So that's not a formal dress code that was on the Senate floor to wear a suit and tie or yeah, it's informal, but it was enforced. I mean, I remember when uh, Richard Burr from North Carolina would get into trouble because he wasn't dressed all the way, you know, as appropriate because he was wearing shorts or something, or he wouldn't wear socks or something like that. Whatever. Kristen Cinema has been pushing the bounds too, but we know what this is about. That we know what this is about. Chuck Schumer is rewriting the rules to privilege John Fetterman. That's what this is about. John Fetterman, who has such disrespect for the institution, for his colleagues, for the job, right? He holds those things to be secondary and tertiary to his image. His image of some, I don't know, failure to launch schlub on his parents' couch. Seriously, that's what he looks like. That's the part he's playing. Uh, I mean, every now and again, he gets he wears like the work shirts, where the Carhartt or whatever, the work shirts, you know? The guy's not held a real job, though, I think, in like forever. So it's all just image. It's it, it's an act. It's PR. And apparently Chuck Schumer rolled over for, for Fetterman. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Was there some sort of like uh, clamoring for it? No, okay. You know what? Maybe it's about the ties. It could be about the ties. But sort of like, you know, gay marriage, it's like once you open up the redefinition, then you got to just like redefine it all, you know? So maybe they were like, hey, we don't want to wear ties anymore in the Senate because that's the thing now, you know? A tie is a sign that you're in not a position of power, but a position of powerlessness, right? The tie is no longer the power tie. The tie is like that means you're a job applicant or a defendant, right? So not now if you're the business leader, you're wearing the blazer or not even a blazer anymore. Now you're just wearing like a T-shirt, a T-shirt that's like, you know, $300 and some pair of jeans that are like $600 and a pair of thousand dollar shoes and like some piece of technology on your wrist that's, you know, could put somebody into orbit. And that makes you, that's how you show that you are elite. The problem is, is that there's very little visual outward symbol that you're superior. So they have to, you know, adopt political positions in order to differentiate themselves from the hoi polloi. Because you can't, I mean, you're, I mean, you're just a, you're just plebeians to us, right? 
in the old days, they used to be able to dress really, really well with suits and stuff, and that, that, would, that would show outwardly that they're better than us. <laughs> and so now that the fashion has gotten so lazy, so dressed down informal, I mean, at some point we're just going to be wearing like potato sacks again, I suspect. But I can't tell if a T-shirt's worth $300. I have no idea if that rich person is really rich because they dress like they're not rich. They dress like me. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what this is about. So they sent out this notice. The change would allow uh, John Fetterman, Democrat from Pennsylvania, who is often seen wearing a hoodie and baseball shorts. Baseball shorts? This is from NBC News. Three different reporters reporting on this story. There's like six paragraphs, and there's three different reporters. And they called it baseball shorts. What are baseball shorts? Seriously. You don't wear shorts in baseball. They're just like athletic shorts. If I mean, if anything, you can call them basketball shorts. Right? Because that's... That's what people playing basketball actually do wear are those types of shorts. They wear shorts in basketball. They do not wear shorts in baseball. In fact, in baseball, they wear pants, which I've never really understood. I've never really gotten that. Like, you're playing through the summer, and we're going to, yeah, we're going to just layer you up. Long pants, this heavy shirt. I mean, back in the day, that stuff was made out of wool. In the summer. Anyway. Fetterman's casual attire um, on the Senate floor is now going to be permitted whenever he wants. The Senate has operated with an informal dress code enforced by the sergeant at arms, which requires men and women to dress in business attire. But because the standard is not a formal or written policy, senators at time uh, at times have been seen on the Senate floor wearing gym clothes, golf attire, denim vests. Oh, my gosh. And shoes without socks. Although senators will benefit from the change by being permitted to sport casual clothing in the Senate chamber, their staffs are still required to wear business clothes under the old dress code. This is like the most Senate thing ever. It really does encapsulate. I mean, it's a perfect example. You get one guy in the Senate in a position of privilege. That's what he is in. He has privilege. He got the entire dress code for a hundred other people changed. He got that dress code changed because he can't be bothered to wear a suit. He can't be bothered to put on a blazer and a tie because it, it, it jams up his PR. And so his privilege allows him to change the rules for everybody in the Senate while forcing all the staffers to have to keep wearing the suits and the business attire. Which, what do you think, more expensive than the baseball shorts and the hoodie? Well, I mean, all things being equal, because Fetterman is a very large individual. And so if you're, yes, if you're spending 
just based on like the square yardage of fabric, then that's yeah possible that it could be more expensive. But then a suit would be more expensive for him too. And maybe that was the play here. But regardless, you've got the crappily paid staffers who are held to a higher dress code standard than the senators themselves. The senators are pulling in, what, quarter mil a year? A qu- right? The staffers, they're not getting paid that. Staffers are getting paid crap. And yet they have to spend more money to look better than the bosses. It is, I mean, that is like, this is like the most Senate story ever. It really is. And then there's Lauren Boebert. (laughs) She issued an apology after this video over the weekend came out, which appears to show her vaping and being openly fondled by a man during the musical theater performance of Beetlejuice. Which actually is the headline there, that there's a musical called Beetlejuice. Bobert was booted from the Beetlejuice musical at the Buell Theater. Man, I bet Variety had a field day with this headline. Bobert booted from Beetlejuice at Buell. Anyway, she got booted after complaints that she was vaping and causing a disturbance during the performance. I watched the video, and yes, she was. All of those things. She was. She was all of those things. She was vaping. She was uh, waving around the smartphone, taking videos of herself and pictures of herself. And I don't know, maybe even recording the show itself. And they really don't like it when you do that. Um, Talking loudly, uh, dancing and round in her chair. um, And uh, yeah, and then and then the fondling. True. Right. Meanwhile, so we got we got like clear video from the theater of that. Still don't have a video from uh, Epstein's jail cell. Makes you think. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? So from uh, from blazers to blazing, um, yeah, we got politicians behaving badly. Fetterman, who looks, you know, he apparently wants to show up to work wearing what he sleeps in and uh, can't be bothered to get dressed. So, or maybe he doesn't know how to dress himself. I don't know. So now Chuck Schumer has uh, uh, changed the rules of the Senate to allow uh, people to just wear whatever they want. And I am kind of curious what cinema is going to do because she's always been pushing the boundaries, you know. So I am kind of, I'm kind of curious. And then you got Lauren Boebert from Colorado. She goes to see a musical, Beetlejuice, and she's there with some guy. Now she's going through a divorce. Uh, She announced this a couple months ago. She's going through a divorce. Um, And so she's there with some guy on a date. I don't know if they're actually divorced yet or not, but whatever, she's dating. And you can clearly see in the video that he's fondling her. Now, it is a darkened theater. 
Now, the like to me, the big mistake that she made here was not dressing in drag and performing in front of kindergartners. That was the problem. If she had just done that, that would have been fine. Okay. John, welcome to the program. Hello, John. How are you? Pete, it is always an enjoy to listen to you while trying to survive the uh, 485. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, I hope I make it just a wee bit more bearable. They, I uh, appreciate it. I'd just like to offer a couple of comments and go off screen uh, on, on a third. But to uh, keep it clean, uh, Breastage Bober and Uncle Fester, um, you are failing. You're failing to grasp that it doesn't matter what Mr. Fetterman wears. He is up there for his intellectual uh, prowess. Remember that. Right. We, the soaring. Well, we, it's the soaring. Yeah. Book by crook put him in there yeah. for his intellectual abilities to help the residents of Pennsylvania and the rest of us in flyover country. Right. It's the um, soaring rhetoric that is so persuasive. Uh, I do agree. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. They uh, and, and also uh, to add to it, as I read the article, the news media and anybody other than senators appearing in the chamber must still be in suits. Right. So, yeah, House Representative folks that cross over, C-SPAN that comes in, uh, the, uh, the, the kids in college, everybody must be uh, male-wise, and I guess those females who identify as males have to wear a suit while, while he gets to wear hoodies and gym shorts. Correct, um, right. Everybody else that doesn't actually represent the people, uh, they all have to adhere to the business attire dress code. But the people who actually are, are elected by uh, by the citizens and sent there to do the work, right, they don't have to. So different rules for the rulers. Absolutely correct. Right. As to uh, Miss uh, Miss Bobert, all you got to do is look at how that woman was dressed. A piece of uh, piece of cloth, two high heels, um, and a vape with some THC mixture in it. She did not go to Beetlejuice to watch Beetlejuice. Um, she doesn't need to apologize for her conduct because that says it all. Right? No. Uh, uh, did she have? Was there THC in the in the vape? I didn't know because the first thing I thought was, oh, I guess I didn't know she was a smoker. But I now you saying that, I guess it makes sense. Maybe it was one of the the THC ones. The marijuana one. She is in Rocky Mountain High Country. Yeah, she's that's a member true. Of Congress, so she's not tested. Yeah, uh, again, rules for rules for thee, but not me. Right. And uh, and then of course her date. You know, he has his uh, he has his private business, which caters to everything that uh, uh, guys like you and I uh, absolutely abhor. Uh, she's out there hanging out with him. Uh, it's just just a travesty. She's got more troubles uh, on her horizon. Yeah, I think but, so. Yeah, John, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. Safe travels on four eighty five. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Guys, I got questions. I got questions about this plane. The dude ejects. The plane is just gone. Seriously? I mean, I know it was a stealth jet and everything, but uh, is there seriously not some sort of a tracker or anything on it? Maybe it's still maybe it's still flying in place. Like the guy ejects and then the plane is just on autopilot and so it's just like flying, but it's all stealthy, so nobody can see it. Which seems like a design flaw. Just a heads up on that one, military industrial complex. Bit of a design flaw. Maybe get like an Apple tag, one of those things, those air tags, right? Maybe slap a bunch of those on your jets. Marine Corps pilot safely ejected from a fighter jet over North Charleston. Sunday afternoon, the search for his missing aircraft is focused on two lakes north of North Charleston, according to military officials. They're literally asking the public to help them find the plane. Okay. Milk cartons, anybody? We're going to go with the milk carton. Have you seen Have you seen this plane? Maybe like some lost dog or, or lost cat signs. Maybe put them around the neighborhood. How about that? The pilot eject. See, this, I got questions about this. Why did the pilot obje- uh, eject? Why did he do that? How do we have no details about why he ejected? His wingman, right? He was flying alongside. Him. That guy landed just fine. So, how do we not have some sort of a story, some basic skeleton of a story about why he had to eject and let a an 80 or a $100 million airplane just fly off over the horizon on autopilot. Why'd you set it for autopilot? What is the deal with that? Right? Why wouldn't you, if there's some problem, like why wouldn't you eject and down the plane somewhere in the middle of nowhere? I don't, I, I don't know. And why, why, why do we not have a better story about this at this point? The search for the F-35 Lightning II jet was focused on Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion. Both lakes are north of North Charleston. A South Carolina Law Enforcement Division helicopter joined the search for the F-35 after some bad weather cleared in the area. Military officials appealed in online posts Sunday for any help from the public in locating the aircraft, and mockery ensued. The pilot's okay. The planes and the pilots were with the Marine Fighter Attack Training Squadron 501 based in Beaufort, not far from South Carolina's Atlantic coast. Yeah, like I said, I got questions. I got a lot of questions about that. Uh, let's see. Where was the... Hang on a second. There was a story here. With the Asheville City Council, where did it go? I had all of them stacked up. That's the gambling. 
That's the document. The dangerous tipping point on the pooping in public. Right, the pooping in uptown. It's a it's a tipping point. They say the poo poo planter uh, running around pooping on people's doorsteps. They're not happy. They want city council to do something. Not sure if not sure if they're going to be able to do something. Although there was a law, there was a law that when they had to revise it in order to comply with the. Um, uh, yeah, in order to comply with state uh, law changes, that they um, it, it it decriminalized the pooping and the peeing. Which, by the way, this is not criminalizing houselessness. It's not critic. It's it's not targeting homeless people. These are basic sanitation rules. They've been in place for hundreds of years. Because what happens if you allow people to poop and pee all over the place in the public? People get really sick. That's what happens. People get really sick. Do you hear about that woman who got sick from the tilapia? Here it is. This is nuts. She lost both she lost both legs and arms. She she lost all of her limbs. She got something called vibrio, vibrio. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd never heard of this thing before. Apparently, it's nasty. Vibrio vulnificus. Vulnificus. There's been a warning issued about a bacteria that may have made a woman in California sick. She's reportedly still recovering in the hospital almost two months after falling ill. Laura Barajas, 40 years old, has started a GoFundMe campaign after the illness apparently became so severe that she had to have all four of her limbs amputated because of it. At the time of this report, her fundraising campaign had gotten about 43000 towards its 150000 The Centers for Disease Control recently issued a statement about Vibrio vulnificus, which states, quote, many people with Vibrio vulnificus infection require intensive care or limb amputations, and about one in five die sometimes within a day or two of becoming ill. Vibrio vulnificus is the infection she's believed to have contracted, though that has not yet been confirmed. Barajas' friend, Anna Messina, said that it is believed she may have contracted the infection, though, after eating undercooked tilapia. So I was not aware of this, but apparently tilapia is a trash fish. Did you know that? It's a trash fish. It eats poo. It's a bottom dweller. I think it's also ugly. Not that that's its fault, but that's like the the uh, the Chilean sea bass that was originally called the Patagonian toothfish, but nobody would want to eat a Patagonian toothfish because it sounds disgusting. So they renamed it. Chilean sea bass. And now all of a sudden people will spend like $25 a plate on it. Anyway, this woman almost lost her life. She was put on a respirator, put into a medically induced coma. Her fingers turned black. Her feet turned black. Her bottom lip turned black. She had complete sepsis. Her kidneys were failing. 45 days later now, she's had all of her limbs amputated. Dr. Natasha Spottiswoody. That's the name at Spottiswoody, or maybe the E is silent, Spottiswood. 
She's with uh, University of California, San Francisco, infectious disease expert, which, I mean, that is the place to be one. She went on to say that the bacteria is specifically dangerous to those who already are immunocompromised. And the CDC says there are about 150 to 200 people who contract this illness every year, and 20% of those cases end in death. I was not aware of that. Christy eats tilapia. I told her she had a piece of tilapia last night. She was cooking it. And I said, how much longer uh, before your fish is ready there? And because I saw she had programmed the, the, the oven. She had to cook it in the oven. And she had a program. It was like 19 minutes. And I said, is that 19 minutes? She's like, well, no, I never cook it the full 19. I'm like, ah. If she gets sick, like that's the first thing I'm going to tell the doctors. Check out Vibrio vulnificus. Vulnificus, vulnificus. That's the, that might be what she's got. She just ate some tilapia and she didn't let it cook the full 19 minutes. I'm very worried. The next 48 hours here, I'm, I'm watching. Got some emails here. John, regarding the uh, Lauren Boebert vaping and uh, groping and being kicked out of the Beetlejuice musical. Uh, that was the Denver area, right? Indeed, it was. It was in Denver. Uh, pot is legal there, correct? I think she was baked. That is possible. Uh, that's possible. Her statement didn't actually really clarify it. She talked about how it's been a difficult time going through a public divorce or whatever. And I, I and she was like, oh, I didn't even remember vaping during the thing. I totally didn't know I was doing it during the show. And I don't. But But if it was filled with weed, then that would make sense. Uh, regarding the dress code in the Senate, Pete, if Chuck E. Cheese Schumer showed up wearing a Fetterman-like hoodie, he would look like the Grim Reaper that actually would fit his persona just fine. That is from Dennis. Bob, talking about the three-quarter sleeves and long pants in baseball, that cuts down on elbow and knee-sliding strawberries. Um, which, yes, I totally get that. I do. I totally get that. But, so, but look, if you're like, I'm going to date myself here, but if you're Gary Carter... You know, the old catcher for the Mets or Mike Sosha, the catcher for the Dodgers that Tommy Lasorda one time joked if he had a race to first base with his pregnant wife, he'd come in third. Like, that guy's not sliding into any kind of base, okay? Anyway. Brian says maybe Schumer is changing the dress code because he thinks the ties that the senators are wearing are restricting the blood flow to senators' brains. That's possible. That is possible. Um... Karen says, I have noticed the attacks on brick-and-mortar stores are not being punished. Could it be that the government wants brick-and-mortar stores to go away? It'd be a whole lot easier if we moved to, an, uh, to all online purchasing, which means it is all electronic payment, and you know they want to get rid of physical money. All of this makes it easier to move to a one-world, one economy. On Chuck Schumer's change in the dress code on the Senate floor to accommodate Fetterman, Bob says the pinnacle of privilege and elitism. But from a collectivist like Schumer, why cave to an individual? It's prima facie hypocrisy. Jay, talking about 485 traffic, says that no one in Charlotte never, ever needs to complain about traffic. Go live in Atlanta or Southern California and you'll see what real traffic is. Uh, well, what about uh, New York? You know, I'm, I grew up in New York. It's pretty awful. Two hours. Yeah. Two hours to go like 40 miles. Um, 
I don't. Chris says, has anybody asked on the missing uh, F-35 fighter jet in South Carolina, has anybody asked that that Pepsi stuff kid? Maybe he collected enough points and grabbed it. I don't know. Like, I'm not aware. Is there a story about a kid that's collecting lots of Pepsi stuff? I, mi- I don't know the story. I missed that story. Stan says, if the public is being asked to help find this stealth plane, I wonder if foreign citizens, especially Chinese, living here find it first. I wonder if those countries' governments have a reward out to have them give it to them first instead. That's a good question. Although I did see a report that the balloon was last seen being towed by a very large hot air balloon. That was... um, The F-35 lost two explanations. One, it was put on autopilot and headed to Ukraine with mid-air refueling, and Zelensky is ecstatic. Or, it's in the same body of water that hides that nuclear bomb that was lost in South Carolina like four or five decades ago. That, those are plausible, too. Um, Jay says, tilapia is also a frankenfish, genetically modified and farm-raised. I've been in the food business for 30 years and would never eat tilapia. I'm never eating it again after that woman lost both arms and her legs. Uh-uh. No. I'm not eating it. Um, then there was this. Quick story for you. Uh, yeah, I got about a minute here. All right. Dave Rubin, a uh, podcaster, uh, said that one of his friends sent this to him. It was from his kid's fifth grade class. An unknown enemy has launched a nuclear strike on Long Island. Because of advanced warning technology, you are aware that you have 20 minutes to get yourself into a fallout shelter located in your neighborhood. When you arrive, 10 other people wanting to get in as well as you greet you. The shelter has enough supplies for you and six other people to survive three months that you must remain inside uh, before you can come out safely. Okay, so you got right. You got 10 people, but only six of them are allowed in. So who do you let in? Who's going to be left out? This is what they're asking fifth graders. And they put a 16-year-old pregnant girl, a police officer with multiple charges of brutality pending against him. He has a gun. A 38-year-old retired prostitute, a 75-year-old priest, a 35-year-old sterile female doctor, a husband and wife. They refuse to be separated. He's a lawyer. She's an alcoholic. A 31-year-old homosexual architect, a 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine, a 28-year-old drifter with no apparent skills. Trick question. Because you, the kid who just showed up at the fallout shelter, you don't get to make this decision. The police uh, brutalizing guy with the gun, he gets to make the decision. He's got the gun. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.